Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. What's going on, family? It's your man, Gerard Bonner of Bonner Fide Radio, and this is On Course with Heart Ramsey, and we call these sessions Heart to Heart. It's an amazing conversation with the man of God who kind of shares the heart of God as we deal with public uh, events, current events, life issues, etc. Yeah, you guys know how we do, and this is all kinds of fun, and of course, it would not be the same without Pastor Heart Ramsey. Pastor Heart, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, Gerard. How are you doing? I am well. So we have so much ground to cover. <laughs> it's been a minute. It's been a good minute. It really, really has. Uh, and between current events and some things we're getting from our followers, it'll be fun to see what happens uh, in this session and some sessions to come. I want to start here. Um, both of us certainly are very heavily into music. You've got awards and all kinds of super cool things. And over the last few weeks and months there have been really a, there's been really a lot of controversy around kind of the life of artists as opposed mm. to the art of artists um yeah. we've seen that of course at the top of the year with r kelly uh we're seeing that recently with the leaving neverland special uh regarding michael jackson etc cetera, etc cetera. before i get into the larger question we've talked about r kelly before but what do you think of of these allegations uh regarding michael jackson you know um i was i remember gerard back when they first started the allegations uh, i watched intently as they um interviewed some of the um the people who accuse him the accusers and when i you know i took that with a grain of salt and what people have to remember this is important that every narrative is double-sided mm. um um even the the bible says the word of god is like a two-edged sword right um that word or dystomos means it has two mouths wow you know for, for us to fully understand what, what god is saying we basically have to hear it twice <laughs> wow. and and our, and I say that I say that kind of lightly. That's not the exact um, uh, exegesis of that scripture. But what what it means is is that um, God speaks it, and then someone explains it, or God speaks it, and then we have to confess it. So there's always two sides, two um, mouths involved in a full story. And when I, what got me back then, when Michael was alive, was was when he was accused. I could I, I have good discernment when it comes to people being honest and uh, transparent and he was genuinely devastated mm -hmm. and, and what I discerned from that is this is interesting I discerned that either they were lying on him completely or there was partial truth involved but he was so blinded to the, to the wrong that he had done right so but but what what really swung the vote for me was uh, right at his death I don't know if you recall this but right when he died um a couple of the accusers came out and confessed that they were put up to it. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, they, um, if you go back and, and look at this up, they, they said they were put up to saying this thing um, because the adults who were involved were looking to be paid. Mm-hmm. And so now that it came around full circle again with some um, uh, renewed allegations, these interviews and stuff, I have a problem believing that, especially that the fact that Michael is not here to speak for himself. Okay. Now, um, I know people who are listening to this say, you know what, there you go, that's why victims don't come forward. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you, man. The Bible says all men are liars. Mm -hmm. The Bible says let God be true and every man a liar. Mm -hmm. So so I said that to say that that I'm not saying that uh, people uh, always fabricate things, but uh, but certainly people will exaggerate and and, um, and the facts could be skewed. And so this is what I say about even this new leaving Neverland thing, I think Michael was was very careless, mm-hmm. and um, whether or not he actually uh, uh, molested these children or these people, I, I mean, I can't say for sure. I just know that um, uh, if he did, he was a troubled person. Yeah, he she struck me as a, as a as a person. And I think we've talked that we talked about this sometime before. He struck me as a person who, though we celebrated the fact that he was a childhood star, he lived his entire life mourning the fact that he lost his childhood to gain his status. I would totally agree with that. Totally. So so well, let me switch. Let me switch roles for a minute. Let me ask you, what did you think? <laughs> you know what's interesting? <laughs> it's funny you would ask me this. I um first of all, I am a very big Michael Jackson fan. I think most of us are. And I think as I have gotten older, my appreciation for him uh, remains, but I think I also get a glimpse into kind of the real challenge that he had uh, yeah. growing up. And I think, you know, one of the real challenges, and, and you know, as, as I'm getting ready to have a baby, I think about the challenge, and you know this as a father, of trying not to superimpose your desires and your will on your children. And, right. you know, one of the challenges of being a childhood star is there's certainly Michael's very talented, but I certainly think this might have been more of his father's dream than his yeah. own. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, he was never allowed to live out his childhood. He never experienced the challenges and the growth spurts of puberty and teenage years and proms and all of those ages of self-discovery when you go through that development that ultimately leads you into adulthood. Um, he, He never went through that. So what I, you know, it's funny because a lot of people worked really hard to discredit these two gentlemen who came forth and you know you could argue certain things you know relative to uh certainly they became very successful after dealing with michael jackson a lot of what he promised them he delivered on but that doesn't necessarily mean that nothing happened so the way i sit back what i gathered from it were there holes potentially do i think something happened yes does that make him was he a full-on predator i don't think so you know but what i think is in his head see because michael i don't think had the opportunity to fully develop so he was always left in this whole space of still you know being 
basically prepubescent in terms of social development. Right. And um, and so that to me, that explains why he always liked being around children. Right. Um, now, there's another side of this that says what parent would allow their children to spend a week over at a stranger's house. I don't care if he is Michael Jackson. Right. So right. There, there's there's that which. I think there is some parental responsibility involved in there, but I do think that something happened. I, I, I absolutely think something happened. I want to say this about um, what you just said. I thought that's so, so profound and well thought out, man. You, the way you um, just spoke, that is is the reality of it. I think Michael Jackson, um, at some point, got got fanship mixed up with friendship. Yes. Because and I think because the child in him needed childhood uh, childhood friends that he never could have because he was such a big deal. And so he never right. had um, that exchange, that interaction, that innocence of, of, of like you said, time of discovery, even even for all we know, phys trying to the physical discovery. Sure. Um, sure. With, with kids because he was all around adults. And God knows, you know, I mean, and let's think about it. Let's let's be honest about this in the music industry. Back in those times, when everything was um, uh, basically um, what what happens in the house stays in the house, or or even in a situation where he's around all these celebrities, he him being a child, mm -hmm. um, I wonder how many times he was violated. Right. And the reason I say that is because people, I mean, people don't think about this, but without the spirit of God, man, humanity is capable of unspeakable evils. True. And I'm not talking Very about true. necessarily by men, but how many grown women do you think forced right. themselves on him or or gave him special favors um, that we would call sexual favors because he was Michael Jackson? Right. So right. so so I will I, you know and I, I think uh, certainly we don't want to discredit the um, don't want to discredit the, the people who came forward because um, it takes a lot to come forward. Yes, it Especially does. Especially if something happened to you that is a potential embarrassment. Right. Uh, it takes a lot to come forward. So, um, it, I think, and, and I think this is kind of for me different from the Michael. I mean, from the uh, R. Kelly thing. Yes. That is that is basically cut and dry because R. Kelly for a minute mm -hmm. there was it. I think he could plead temporary insanity because he was just doing junk in public. I mean, he didn't. Right. <laughs> right. He, he didn't care. Right. That, I like, dude. What are you doing? You know. I mean, even still now, you know, like for him, even after the Gale interview and all these other things, like there's still stuff like he's not making the kinds of changes that would spell out to remorse or an understanding that he's done something wrong. Right. Um, you know, he still very much feels like he was right. And I think, you know, when we're talking about who's the predator, et cetera, et cetera, and why we would look at an R. Kelly potentially different than a Michael Jackson. Um, for me, it's R. Kelly hung out at high schools. Yeah, that's right? creepy. So like, right. So he, it was, when you start talking about predator, you're talking about somebody who is looking with the full-on intent to take advantage of somebody. And so he went to where the girls were, whether yeah. it was the mall or it was a high school or it was, you know, making promises. So I, I think that type of thing is a bit different than a Michael Jackson who does not have 
not nearly as long of a track record. And you would think if he were a predator, Michael would be hanging out at preschools or high schools or, you know, that type of thing. Right. Um, Some would argue that Michael didn't have to because of of his status. He could have them delivered to him. Um, Well, so could R. Kelly. Right. Right. (laughs) You know, um, it's it is it is a very it's such a weird space um and and i want to go back to one of the points that you made earlier because what's tough about this is certainly during the time that all this happened the music industry and society in general was just much different you know it was kind of an unspoken rule the things that would happen behind closed doors in the music industry that at that point weren't even seen as harassment or inappropriate for some it was considered quote-unquote paying your dues right you know whereas today's far more aware culture you know that type of behavior would not be tolerated so uh, you know, Gerard, so here, yeah. Let, let me interrupt for a second. This is something I've been thinking about a lot. Okay. So you look at this, uh, the rape culture that that existed or, or that exists in, in um, what they call um, um, in this male toxic culture, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I think look, you look at some of the people who have been charged with inappropriate behavior. There's a disconnect. I think there's a certain immaturity in some men. Now, you have your predators, okay? I believe yeah. you have your violators out there who are just up to no good. But then right. I think there's another group of guys who who misread signals. Not only do they mm. misread signals, they have been ill-informed. They yeah. think that women are just walking around hot to trot, trot and they just it, and you could tell by the way they dress whether they want to get down or not. I, I think I think someone raised them wrong. They got this their sexual education on the street with some old fools. Wow. Because because um um I, I've seen some stories. Matter of fact, I've I've dealt with some stories in uh, in past years where where um where for example, there was one case that comes to mind. I was pastoring in Germany and, and I had to um counsel a situation. And the situation was simple. I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to um change it up so it won't reveal a whole lot but sure. uh, the, the sister comes to me and said that a guy that works in the ministry with me made a pass at her okay hmm. so I asked her did, well, did he do anything to you? did he touch you she said no she said but every time I come around him he's doing or saying certain things so I pulled the guy aside and I asked him just generally about this lady what he thought about her whatever and his thing was he said man every time I'm around her I feel like she's coming on to me hmm. so these are two good people and so I, I go to her and I asked her, I said, well, I asked her, I said, do you, do, do you come on to him? And here's what she said to me. She said, well, I flirt with him. She said, but, but the last, the last comment he made to me was inappropriate. And so I went to him and how I shut the whole thing down was I said to him, I said, she is not interested. Mm. Okay. And he said, but she's always flirting with me. I said, I, I said, yeah, but you have to see how to read that. And right. and so as I get as I'm older now and I look back, here's a couple of things that we need, and I know this is off the beaten path. If you're listening to us, we're just exploring different things because this is, is critical. I want to insert this because it's important. Flirtation is always a road or a bridge that leads to something else. Okay, we no one ever flirts just to flirt. That's what she said. She said, oh, I, just, I flirt with him because he's nice. No. A flirtation is a bridge to something else. Are we flirting 
and, and we, if you start flirting, you want to end up somewhere. So we start flirting. Are we flirting on our way to the altar or on the way to a deeper friendship? Are we flirting on our, on our way to the bedroom? Flirtation always goes somewhere. Okay? Wow. That's from the female standpoint. But from the male standpoint, this guy couldn't read her because when, when he would start to respond a certain way to her um, to her niceness to him and uh, her joking or uh, her bantering, he would immediately take that as she wanted to jump in the bed. Wow. And so I think I think and, and that came from his programming. Um and, and some men for some men it's not the flirtation. For some women they, they'll look at the way a woman dresses and say, Oh, she she wants attention. Not necessarily. Maybe she just wants to look good. Right. Maybe she thinks that her curves are, are too are too nice to be hidden completely. So she wears some some form fitting stuff, not not um revealing, but form fitting to show her nice figure and stuff. And that doesn't mean she's inviting you to to um to violate her or or to even cat call her. It could simply mean that she she's ex she's expressing her individuality. We have to be able to respect what people are. And, and I'm not right. speaking of this from a spiritual point of view. For those of you who are, com are coming in the comments saying, well, you know what? The Bible says that we should dress, uh, uh, they should be, what do you call it? Um, uh, modest, modest apparel. And, this, yeah. is, this is not a modest apparel conversation because before you get to modest apparel, the Holy Spirit has to do some work in you. And, right. and I'm, I'm telling you this right now, as modest apparel is not the first thing on the Lord's list of things he needs to change on people. True. No, modest apparel is somewhere in the middle. I mean, it's down number four, number five, number six. It's way down there for some of us. God wants to get to that ugly narrative that's in the inside of us, the violation that we experience when we were children. Um, so, so my heart is is we have to be able. So sometimes your sister, I remember a story in our church, Gerard, earlier where this sister would come to church, man, in these in these jeans. Wow. I had a brother come to me. We were in, were in a prayer meeting. He tapped me. I was in the, in the corner in the seating praying in heavy um, tongues. And he tapped me on <laughs> my shoulder. He said, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I said, what's going on? He All he did was point to the sister. He just wow. pointed to her. She had on some jeans that was wearing everybody out. And he told me, man, he said he was battling a spirit of lust. And I had to lay hands on the brother in the prayer meeting uh, wow. because he, I mean, we have got to be able to control ourselves. Yeah. Now, that being said, going back to what we're talking about is there are some men and some women that have a demonic attraction to children. Wow. And it, and it has to be it has and it comes from some trauma, some uh, experience, something happened to them. They're not they, they're, their growth stopped. They're demonizing the way. And it's a very real thing. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about this before when we were talking about R. Kelly, but as it relates to Michael Jackson, I think Michael Jackson's situation, if it is true, came from a different place that you you um, so, I think, uh, eloquently pointed out that, that Michael's childhood was robbed from him. And so he was yeah. trying to go back and try to reclaim, maybe in some unconventional ways, and maybe in some illegal ways, that, for all we know, what was taken from him. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. 
prayer at first was a struggle because you know it, it really takes faith to pray you have to you have to trust that God is like a person he's a real person and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer in this book you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant which dangerous prayer habits to avoid and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want it's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about him yes. pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. Pick up the new release from Stellar Award nominees, Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, titled True Story, featuring the lead single, It Is So. Pick up the chart-topping release from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir titled True Story, in stores now and available at all digital outlets. Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Ooh, you, you, you touched a lot. <laughs> I no, this know. Is, this is, it's good because I think, again, what happens in these kinds of conversations is people can start to dwell on the happenings of one particular person instead of grabbing larger narratives. And I think that's what the beauty of this conversation is. And so, man, there's so much to touch on um, relative to this. And so I want to go here because you mentioned this whole idea about basically some men uh, and some women in several cases perhaps being ill-adjusted relative to understanding the signals that are being given out. Um, and I love how you said that, you know, a, wom- a woman can dress in a certain way simply because she might want to feel good about herself. Right. And that might make her feel good about herself. And the flip side to that is that being interpreted by a man as, yeah, this is my shot. This is my opportunity. What can be done socially to help change the narrative? Because I think the Me Too movement has certainly created a degree of awareness, but I liken it, and this is going to sound crazy to some, but you'll get it. I liken the Me Too movement to what used to happen, certainly when I was growing up in the apostolic church, which was this whole idea of, you know, getting sat down because of certain sins. So your whole thing was, well, I don't want to do that sin because I don't want to get sat down. Right. Not... I don't want to do that sin because it would not please God. Right. right. So how do we get to a place socially where uh, men and women can receive the right uh, verbal and nonverbal communication from what the other person is doing so that we don't get these mixed messages? I think one of the, I think one of the first things we have to do, Gerard, is that is that first the Me Too movement is about justice, not education. They, they, Ooh, that's they, good. They're going after, and sometimes to me, their justice is a bit severe because they'll reach back years and years and sometimes decades into your past and try to punish the mature you for the thing the immature you did. Now, I can mm-hmm. see a person that never matured and they're, they're continuing to to um to do this kind of or uh, 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 repeat this behavior even at the mature age. Um, um, but I, what I don't get is you go back and you want to punch a 19, the 19-year-old 19 person 
Or, or you want to punish the, the 55-year-old person for what the 19-year-old person did. That, that to me, this is not right. fair. And, and that's the first part of it. And it's, that's a whole different conversation to be had. But I think this is one of the most important things that our listeners need to know is that men and women think differently. We do. We, we, we express sexuality differently. We express interest differently. Uh, men are more visually stimulated. Women are more, man, they're more, they're deeper than we are. We're real simple. Right. And so and so we, we don't have a whole, like, for example, even when you look at something like even the color palette, man, we, we're basic. I mean, give me black, blue, brown, you know. Uh, right. Give me the basic colors. You come talking about, uh, I want periwinkle. What's periwinkle? I mean, <laughs> right. I, I like watermelon color. What's a watermelon color, man? Is it is that, what is it, plank? I mean, I could, I could go a little bit off the beaten path. I know the difference between uh, orange and brown and, you know, see what I'm saying? We're more limited in the way we see and interpret things. Women are more nuanced. They really are. And so I say, I think what has to happen is that the Me Too movement needs to, if they, uh, our groups like that need to shift from punishing a guy for being um, limited and in a lot of ways uh, archaic and educate the ones that want to really learn. What does it mean when she smiles? What does it mean when, you know, wh why would, uh, even in, in a situation where, um, um, a woman would come into a situation where she feels uh, this is interesting. Now let me see can I articulate this correctly without offending. There are so in the R. Kelly situation, there are some uh, girls who came into the situation with the understanding that that their success will include trade-offs. Mm. They did not necessarily want to give the kind of trade-off that he was expecting. But they knew something was expected of them. It doesn't mean they liked it. And so I think what happens, even in the workplace, when, when a boss will, will make advances towards a woman who's maybe a, a, um, who's just starting out, you know, she's entry level, and he may make advances towards her, don't think she likes it because she lets you do certain things. She may resent it, but in her mind, she's thinking, I may have to do this to get ahead. He's interpreting this as she likes me or she likes it. And in her mind, she's thinking, well, this is just the way it is. I have to do this for necessity. It's unfair to her that you will use your authority. You got it? Because she's not mm -hmm. seeing you as just a person. She's seeing you as your position. Right. So you can't say, well, well, it, it was consensual. Um, um, there was one therapist that told me, listen, you cannot... Um, a child is incapable of giving consent. Right. A, a, a person, a mentally ill person, cannot give you consent. And so as I think it, it comes out, and I, I'm speaking now to the way we think. Mm -hmm. And and even even if you say, well, she came on to me. How did you know she didn't come on to your position? That's good. How did you know yeah. that she not? Oh, she not show you that level of interest because of not who you are, but where you stand. And so I think it's, I think it, it's, there has to be a certain amount of of education that leads to maturity, that leads to a change in the way we interact as male and female, and the way we we are even come about this thing. I want to go a step further and say this: um, especially people, if if, we, well, if we're married, if we're married, I I think that, that when a person gives you a trust, when they give you a sacred trust. Man, you have to acknowledge that what I have from them is a trust. Mm -hmm. 
And 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 this not it's not about what I what I feel. It's it's about man. Can I be trusted? Wow. And I'm and it's not even about them anymore. It becomes about me. Why do I see myself? Do I want to mm. be the guy that can't be trusted? Even with the my employees, my mm-hmm. female employees, can they not trust me to 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 be over them and not demand things of them that that will belittle them or or, or make them have to live with the fact that they they will compromise themselves for money or for promotion or I know this is deep, but and I and I know it's off the beaten path, but it's, it's something we need to think about. Yeah. And 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 speaking to the groups like the Me Too movement, punishing guys and then checking off names of people that we took down for bad behavior is not a victory. Right. To some degree, what it is, especially when you again, if the person is continuing this this misbehavior, then he needs to be checked, and he and in in some cases he needs to be brought to justice. Mm-hmm. But if he did things in his immaturity, we all have to ask ourselves this question. What did you do? Now, mm-hmm. I could lift my hand and tell you this. There ain't a person on the planet that could say I violated them, raped them. No, no, no. Because I, I just was not that guy. The guy I was, man, I, I have sisters. Mm-hmm. And my thing was like, man, I will break you in half right. if you talk crazy to my sisters. I got daughters. And I'm still I'm still the, the, uh, the Bible and the shotgun guy. <laughs> right. Now, I reach out to my daughter and tell them, listen, you, you're supposed to pitch on social media. I know you're celebrating your, your womanhood, but listen, you put me in a vicarious position because if someone come at you, I got to come at them. So please think about your dad and his prison sentence. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I get it. I hope I I'm making it. sense. <laughs> no, you, you're you're making perfect sense. And you are, you know, what I think is so good about this is this conversation does not happen enough within church contexts. Yeah. Um, and I think there are a number of reasons why, yeah. which maybe we'll get into. But, you know, the, the reality of it is these conversations are necessary and it can't always be in the sermon form that's that that reduces it to fornication lust and adultery because it's more than that you know it deals with how we treat women and how we treat people you raise an interesting point that one of my facebook followers asked me relative to another issue but i think it applies here and here's the question the question that they raised is a question I want to pose to you, and it was, how long do we continue to make people pay for what either they've done in their past or what their family has done? Well, you know, um, first of all, the the, the idea, let me, I'm going to speak for me. Um, I believe that there's some things that are just there. Some things are violations, and some things are, le- are, are legal violations or illegal in in their um, sure. act. Um, mm-hmm. The statute of limitation, from a legal standpoint, governs what could, what is punishable um, and what still has a life in it. Right. And um, and then there are other um, factors. For example, if you are in the priesthood still and you molested. Um, members or you're a pastor and you have a, mm-hmm. a, a, um, a history of molesting members or whatever and you still hold the office then I think it has to be dealt with I think it has to it has it has to be dealt with to some degree you see what I'm saying now the yeah. timing of it the timing of it is, is I think it's, it's a case by case situation um, there's yeah. so much involved in that but um, yeah. there's some things man Gerard and, and unfortunately there's no coming back from mm. 
And that's why the Lord warns us, man. He's like, be careful of these certain sins. There's no coming back from it. When I say there's no coming back, I'm not saying your life is over. I'm just simply saying that that with, with great expectation, you can't ex you can't look forward to, to holding a, a certain position if your track record has been this. Right. And and and, and sad and, and it sounds graceless and it sounds merciless to say it. Because with the Lord there is mercy, and with the Lord there is forgiveness, and with the but but people, man, you got to be careful the seed you sow because the Lord is forgiven, but the ground not so much. Yeah, the ground will produce um, a harvest from the seed you sow. So what I would I, I would let this be a warning to the people who are, are, are involved in, in in stuff that you know, it man, if you got to do it in secret, it's gonna come back to bite you. Wow. Um. On the other hand, for the for the people now, I'm, I've, I've I've dealt with situations um fairly recently, um, on certain cases, man, where I was shocked at the, at the ability of people to forgive. Right. I was and I interviewed one situation, man, where there was an allegation, and when I when I talked to one person, the person said, "Listen, I don't want to talk about it because I've forgiven this person. I don't want to bring it back up." Wow. So I said, "Well, I just want to know is a person guilty?" They said, "What difference does it make, Pastor? Um, I've forgiven all that happened, and here's what the person said to me: I played my role in this. I I wasn't I wasn't squeaky clean. Wow. And it would be unfair of me to have benefited from a situation that that later on the person the person was the person got in trouble for it later on. They said, "But what? But as it pertains to me, I was guilty too." I forgave that person, and I pray the Lord for, and I pray and ask the Lord to forgive me. And I left that back decades ago, and I'm not going to dig it up now. Wow! And I said, man, that was one of the most mature and godly things I've ever heard anybody say in a situation like the one I was dealing with. Absolutely. That the, the situation I was counseling. So, it you know I would say I would say, man, it depends on the person's level of maturity. It depends on the, on the legality or illegality of of what was what was involved. Certainly, any violation, man, um, invites a judgment with it. And and yeah. though the Lord may forgive you, the courts may not. Mm -hmm. um, um, be careful for all the young men. Be careful not to give in to to demons because demons are not your friend. They're not they're not um, interested in, in satisfying you. They're more interested in in your incarceration, your demise, and your suicide. Mm -hmm. They want you. They can't destroy you, so they want you to destroy yourself. Right. Wow. So so before we go, and this is probably a crazy question to end with, but and there and there may not be there may not be an overall general answer to this. So that's that's possible, too. But it does make me wonder how long should one pursue? And I put this in air quotes justice. Yeah. regarding a situation how, how long should one pursue it because we've seen scenarios obviously where it differs where sometimes people are chasing after what they deem to be justice their entire lives yeah and then there are others like the case you just mentioned which you know i just think is amazingly mature yeah. for a person to be able to to do that how long should a person or an entity chase after justice well i, I think well, it, it depends on who the person is and, and the level of, of spirituality or the level of, of damage that they sustain from it. But I, I think what's important, what's important is um, it depends on, on the case. It's a case-by-case -case basis. If the person is still out there, if the violator is still out there violating and, and they, they believe that they need to get, to bring this person to justice, to not just um, 
to not just to make themselves attempt to make themselves whole, but to, to stop this person from being a predator or, or from hurting other people, then I understand that. But I think there's also, this should also be the understanding that you, that a person getting justice or, or, or you seeing the person brought to justice is not going to make you whole. You still, right. you should also be, you even if you're pursuing justice, pursue wholeness as well. That's because, true. because me taking a hunk of flesh from them will not give me the hunk of flesh they took from me. Right. It's a, it's a straight biblical principle. You know, um, I, I, and I, and don't waste your life pursuing a justice that 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 e- even if it comes, it's not going. It will not add to your purpose. Uh, again, I think what's important, and I want to reemphasize this, is if if in bringing the person to justice, you stop the the uh, the, per- the perpetuation of 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 harm and damage being done to unsuspecting people, then you would have done society a a a, 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 a good. But if it's just because you cannot heal, because you want revenge, because you're bitter, it, I, I think even if you do get justice, you still have to simultaneously pursue healing. Yeah. Boy, this 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 one may get us in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is the conversation, one of many that I think are so necessary, uh, and it's a conversation that most people don't have because it's easier to look at things from a TMZ-ish perspective, you know, where everybody can kind of armchair quarterback and not take a look at how this impacts us individually because it does. I think all of us at some point have either been on the side where we have misinterpreted uh, how someone um, has sent certain signals to us or we have taken advantage uh, perhaps on one way or the other. So I do do think that it, it should be cause for us to sit back and really take a look at, hey, you know, how how am I behaving? How am I behaving? What am I doing? And and what can I do in, in light of all of these situations to help? I think this is this is one of those conversations that I can imagine people will be replaying and replaying and replaying because there's so much to gather from this. And we want to hear what your thoughts are, guys, on this. So reach out to us by way of social media and share those thoughts. You can use the hashtag heart to heart. That's H-A-R-T, the number two, H-E-A-R-T. Or you can use the hashtag on course. Either of those ways uh, will get those comments to us. We definitely want to hear from that. We want you to share this with a friend or follower and make sure you are subscribing to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or however it is that you get your podcast. And be sure to join us next time as we get on course with Heart Ramsey.